probably the worst story that we've seen in the last couple weeks or a few weeks, I suppose, as far as, um, I don't know, human sensibilities or sensitivities or whatever word you want to use, happened in a Mississauga Costco parking lot on the weekend. Two different drivers, I guess, were vying for the same parking spot because we know how valuable these things are in a Costco parking lot where there are roughly 25,000 spots. But two drivers both wanted the same spot for whatever reason, and when neither one would relent, and I guess one of them pulled in and one didn't, whatever, we ended up in a full-on fistfight. You can see the video online. It is really uh, the high point of uh, human achievement that we reach this point. But it's just, I believe, an extension of the kind of road rage that we have driving around all the time. You get in your car, and apparently, for whatever reason, we become different people. Nice, loving, gentle, kind-hearted people get behind the wheel of their car, and it's like the Incredible Hulk when he's exposed to whatever it is that makes the Incredible Hulk go green. I can't remember now. Some sort of toxin. Whatever. But that's what happens. We become these crazy different people, it seems, when we get behind the wheel of our car. Why does this happen? Well, Dr. Leon James is a a psychology professor at the University of Hawaii. He has studied road rage extensively. He joins me now. Dr. James, thanks for doing this tonight. Yes, you're welcome. Welcome from uh, Aloha from Hawaii, I should say. I mean, the fact that you are working at the University of Hawaii already tells me you are far smarter than any of the rest of us who are here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that is that was probably a wise, wise move to move there. It's lovely here these days, but man, it's still not Hawaii, unfortunately. Um, doctor, we are generally, by and large, I think most people in North America, relatively decent people more often than not, and yet we get behind the wheel of our car and we're driving along the road and somebody cuts us off or somebody slams on their brakes or turns without signaling or whatever, and there is some sort of switch that gets flicked and we become maniacs. Why does this happen? Well, uh, it's partly due to the fact that we are trained that way as children. The backseat of the car is maybe called road rage nursery because <laughs> children, you know, we that, that's when we get our, our driver's lessons um, and we kind of pick up the habits of uh, speaking and driving that adults and our parents do. So partly it's that when we start driving, uh, we just pick it up automatically and we drive very aggressively. So aggressive driving is part of the American culture, but it's also true in other countries. So it's a worldwide phenomenon and you can see road rage happening everywhere. But why? What is it about a car or what is it about being in control of a car that does that to us? Because we we really don't do this, by and large, most people in other facets of our life. That's right. We don't have the same uh, culture. You know, we, we play video games where aggressive driving is encouraged. And we also see commercials that for cars that emphasize speed and and aggressive driving. So aggressive driving is something that we learn as part of car culture. And so this is why it's happening more on the road, plus the fact that the events on the road are unpredictable and scary. Not so much when you stand in a bank line or some other waiting room. You don't express the same rage, but 
When you are being challenged by other drivers and you feel uh, at risk, then it's much more difficult to control our emotions. Is, I mean, is it the fight or flight response then, and we're choosing to fight? To some extent, that's true, but it is a choice. So uh, part of the fact is that when we drive, we uh, always observe what the others are doing in a competitive way. We want to get ahead of everybody, not realizing that the fastest way everybody's going to get home or to work is if we coordinate, because driving requires the coordination of hundreds and even thousands of drivers in any one place. So it's very important to examine our philosophy of driving, uh, which is basically not taught, and therefore when we drive, it kind of triggers uh, our competitiveness. Does this have anything, do you think, to do with the fact that, you know, we often hear that this is a me generation, and so when someone does something that affects me, they are clearly in the wrong, and therefore they deserve my scorn or my bur- my finger flipped up or whatever else? People do feel entitled in our generation. They feel that they deserve to have a better life, a better day, more respect from other people. And so if you don't get it on the road, or if you have the experience that you're not getting it, then it's an opportunity to express your culture temper tantrum. So I think that's why it's happening. People already feel negative, and if they drive by, by thinking negative thoughts about other drivers all the time, there's just a little trigger that happens, and then you cannot control your emotions. So the thing is to start before that happens, and I advise people to... Um, observe what they're thinking behind a wheel and see if they can become more aware of what kind of a raging maniac we all are. <laughs> well, and it, I did some reading on how you had studied this, and that really is one of the ways you've done it. You yourself, and then you had some students, essentially, as I understand it, turn on a tape recorder on their drive home, and then when they got there, listen to what they said and listen to how they responded. Is that, is that, am I close to how you were doing this? Yes, that's, that's correct. Uh, we, we started doing this 25 years ago, so I have a lot of experience in having listened to a lot of these tapes and also people analyze their tapes and then they discuss it in groups. So uh, from that research, I came to the conclusion that road rage is, uh, occurs uh, perhaps with 80 to 90% of drivers at some point. At some point, people lose their lose their emotions, they fall under the anger, and um, this happens at least once or twice on every trip. So it's really a a public health crisis that is facing Hmm. us and the rest of the world. From your experience doing your research, do the people, do the students, when they go back and listen to their tapes, are they surprised at how they actually behave in the car, or do they realize that's what they're doing? No. They are totally surprised. I know I was too. And uh, especially the, the violence, the fantasies, the intensity, all that comes as a total surprise. People don't realize that they've been trained throughout all these years to be very angry drivers. And so it just happens subconsciously, automatically, and you, you don't even, you're not even aware of it. That's why it becomes so dangerous. And that's why I tell people, you must, uh, get into the habit of monitoring your thoughts while you're behind the wheel in traffic. 
you did say that it's 80 to 90%. So that means 10 to 20% of people are able to live their driving life without this kind of anger that percolates up. What's their secret? What are they, what is it about them that allows them not to, are they just not competitive people or is there something else? I think, uh, yes, it's very surprising to me too. I marveled at it. Although now I call myself a reformed driver all these years, you know, so that instead of aggressive, I call myself a supportive driver. I ask people, what's the opposite of aggressive driving? And they say, I don't know, is it defensive driving? No, Uh, defensive driving is also quite aggressive, but you can be supportive. Supportive driver is a more rational driver, a peaceful driver who, who is content and realizes rationally that driving aggressively is not only risky, but it's not going to get them there faster. In fact, if you realize that every time you change lanes unnecessarily, you force the drivers in the lane into which you, you come, you force them to slow down. And so this produces what they call a backward wave, a traffic wave that goes backward all the way Uh, engineers have calculated this up to 20 miles. So by the time you get home, that wave you created when you switched lane once is still happening and slowing down other drivers. Also, drivers ahead of you are doing that, slowing you down. So people have to be a little smarter and realize the dynamics of driving has to do with cooperating, not with competing. Yeah, and you said you are a reformed driver like this, it almost makes it sound like it's similar in some ways to alcoholism. Like not, I mean, not that we're drinking and driving, but that, you know, alcoholics will say that I'm always an alcoholic. I'm just dealing with it. I've, I've got it under control. It sounds like that's the same with being a road rage driver. It's always just there if you let it happen. Exactly. That's a good analogy. And it's really true. Uh, people drive with what I call impaired emotions. They have impaired emotions, just like under alcohol, uh, distracted driving, And so uh, anger is an impaired emotion, and driving with anger affects you, and you take risks. And it's called aggressive because you're putting other people at risk, because that's what aggressive is. But then we don't think about that. We act selfishly. But really, when when we drive with anger, we're putting other people in danger, and that's the moral issue that we need to take care of. Dr. James, I guess the, the, the number one question that I have from all this is, has this always been the case? I mean, is this something that has come up more in recent years because we have more congestion, or is it just a car thing? I mean, were the folks driving Model T Fords back in the day giving the finger to guys on horseback who got in their way along the road? Well, uh, it's probably true. Uh, when I did my research, historical research on road rage, I discovered way back in ancient Rome, so that's like 2,000 years ago, they passed uh, public laws which were found in the arches, in the archives, um, against what they called furious driving, where the um, people on horseback and also driving carts, uh, they would get drunk and then they would drive through the streets and put other people at danger, so they had to pass these laws uh, against furious driving. So ever since when you had driving cars and horses and chariots, uh, you had road rage. But that's amazing that it goes back to the, 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 the from B.C. to A.D. I mean, we're going back to the, the beginning of the, the modern era, whatever you want to call it, that it goes back that far. Yes, and I think it's the nature, the nature of driving, because driving is perhaps the most 
a dangerous thing that anybody does on a routine daily basis. Maybe after a while we don't realize it. But driving is always at risk, and of course, uh, more than 2 million people worldwide die in traffic fatalities. In our country, it's 42,000 people die, but then there are also 6 million injuries every year. When you think over 10 years, that's half a million people um, dying. So it's extremely dangerous. We lost more people on our highways in the U.S. than, than soldiers in all the wars since uh, the Civil War. So it's extremely dangerous. And uh, basically, I don't think that the public is sufficiently aware of what a great danger and calamity we, we still have today. I, I have to let you go, but I must ask, I wonder if this has anything to do with the lifestyle, with the kind of attitude that we have. You're living in Hawaii. It's known to be hang loose and relaxed and take it easy a little more than here. Does that affect the level or the amount of road rage, or is it exactly the same on a per capita basis over there? Uh, I think it's exactly the same, uh, because the law here has the, I mean, the psychological law has to do with competition and the the risks involved and also um, not being able to handle our emotions. So when you go from the beach, you go into your car, and then you drive home, you are a road rager here as well. Dr. Leon James from the University of Hawaii, really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for uh, for taking some time for us. Okay, aloha.